Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you have joined Calvary Live. We want to welcome you to today's program. I am your host for the next hour. I am the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. My name is Jeff Figs, and I am ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard the number to call in. It is 303-690-3000. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. Maybe you got questions uh, that your Bible reading has brought up, maybe about Christian living or current events. How do we respond as Christians uh, to those current events? And I'd uh, love to be able to go to the Word of God with you, and let's look and seek God's truth together. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the things that really matter to you. So it, this is your show. This is your opportunity to be uh, on the air Again, give me a call at 303-690-3000. We have open lines. Grab one of those open lines early, and let's uh, just have uh, a discussion, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. It's so edifying and encouraging, but you may need prayer, too. And the whole uh, thing that we want to do here on this program um, and uh, is not just answer your questions. We want to be able to pray with you if you have prayer needs. Uh, our goal is to be able to minister to you, to edify you, to encourage you. And so I'd love to be able to uh, go to the Lord together um, as you call in with your prayer requests. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, if you are listening on Grace FM here in Colorado and Wyoming, we want to welcome you, as well as those on uh, the Hope FM radio network and Truth FM on the East Coast. We're so blessed that you are tuned in uh, to Calvary Live. And I know that um, as more and more people are listening on the East Coast, it's so wonderful to hear from you guys. Love to hear from you today. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. And there is a means for you to be able to text in a question or a prayer request. It is a text line, and that number is 720-336-0897. And so while we're waiting for... Uh, the phones to ring. There is a text question that we'll start out with, and it's a good question. How is the date of Easter determined is the question, and we are nearing uh, Resurrection Weekend, or what we call Holy Week, that leads into Good Friday, and then also Resurrection Weekend or Easter Weekend. And Easter is determined, the date, of course, is different every year, and people ask me, how is it determined uh, we do know that Easter is determined. Today is what the first day of spring, um, and uh, it is uh, the, the uh, celebrated um, the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox, and so that's how it's determined. Um, if it was uh, a biblical t- uh, determination of Easter. It would be celebrated the first Sunday, the first day of the week after Passover. But, of course, in the early church, it it was changed uh, to 
being celebrated the first Sunday after the first full moon, uh, after the the uh, beginning of spring. Today is the beginning of spring. It is the first day of spring. And then on the 31st of March is the the full moon. So April 1st, the first Sunday. And that's how they got this year's date. So good question. It gets asked. And, um, and um, one of the things that I want to emphasize uh, for Resurrection Weekend coming up on us as Christians, uh, be sure to pray about who you might invite to uh, to Resurrection Weekend services, to the church that you go to. Uh, people are more open to go to church at this time of the year than any other time, even Christmas, because Christmas can get so busy with Christmas Eve activities and the busyness of, of the Christmas holiday. But uh, during Easter or Resurrection Weekend, uh, people are more open to go. So I know that many churches are ha- adding extra services to um, their weekend uh, calendar and schedule. And so uh, invite somebody, somebody at work, perhaps a neighbor, a family member. Pray about who you might invite to come out for Resurrection uh, Weekend of services as we celebrate uh, the um, resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the tomb is empty and the Lord is alive. And we have a living hope, as Peter writes in his first epistle in chapter 1, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's such a special time of the year for us Christians. I hope you're looking forward to it. I know that we are here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. Uh, we have four weekend services on Resurrection Weekend, 6 o'clock on the 31st, and then three Sunday mornings on Resurrection uh, Sunday uh, on April the 1st at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. So we invite you to come out if you're listening to us. And I'd love to be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus with you. Well, let's go to uh, Ginger uh, in Denver. Ginger? Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I am good. How are you, Ginger? I'm I'm good, thank you, Pastor Jeff. Um, Thank you for um, answering um, my Yeah. What do you got for me? What do you got for me today, Ginger? Uh, I I just have a question. Um, regardless of this couple, um, and because it have, it's, it's going on also in one of the, my family members, um, this couple were together for twenty years. Pastor Jeff and um, she left him. Uh, they have three. They have family, but they grew up already. But uh, he became and received the Lord as his Savior. And now, according to him, she wants to get back. Uh, he mm-hmm. told her that, that you know, he, the only way is that she comes to God. And, uh, yeah, she said she, didn't, she doesn't need God. But some people told him that he, he was married to her and that, you know, it was his wife, um, we told him that he was never married, but I want to be able to tell him, you know, I know it's the true Pastor Jeff. I mean, uh, in God's eyes, they they, they were never married. Uh, that that's you consider fornication, right, Pastor um, Jeff? I'm not I'm not sure exactly the situation if they if you're saying that they just uh, lived together. They actually went through uh-huh. ser- mar- They lived together. Um, they were living and, together. They lived together for twenty years. 
Yeah, and and sometimes what happens with that, and this is where it gets complicated, Ginger, uh-huh. is uh-huh. Um, common law marriage oftentimes will come into the picture at that time. Um, and the problem with common law marriage is it's different for every state, is that it's something that you don't um, don't enter into, like uh, when you go through the wedding ceremony and uh-huh. you actually get married. It is something that is kind of placed upon you. And the reason that states did that was actually to protect the woman um, in case of they they live together, they move in together, um, they're together for a certain amount of time, and then all of a sudden when there's kids uh, involved mm-hmm. or other things, that if they do separate, that there's some protection for the woman. That was, I think, the thought of many states of having common law marriage. And okay. uh, so it's, it's a complicated kind of issue with them. Um, the thing about it is I think the main thing to focus on this is that if they were to get together, that they would go and get some counseling. Now, you said that one of them isn't a Christian. Is that right? In in that process, you know, he became a Christian. And uh, um, so now, you know... Uh, now she uh, he he doesn't want to have anything to do um, okay. because now he wants to work with the Lord and uh, right exactly he, he doesn't and, and she doesn't Pastor Jeff yeah and so right and right mm-hmm. and and that's where the issue comes into is um, he doesn't want to marry a non-believer and um, so with the the common law marriage it, they left. Um, it gets complicated. It gets very difficult. Um, and certainly I can understand it now that he's a Christian. He wants to uh-huh. have a godly relationship exactly. and a godly marriage is what he desires to do. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we know Second Corinthians chapter 6 talks about not being uh, yoked with a nonbeliever. Well, he, exactly. he, he was for 20 years. Where some are saying, uh, Ginger, that uh, he should reconcile is in First Corinthians chapter seven. The problem again is they were never really married, so um, it is something that um, that he hopefully can be a witness to her, um, can mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know just seek godly counsel from his pastor, and uh, because twenty years invested in a relationship is a long time. Exactly. And, that's uh, like you say. That's where the pain is. <laughs> that's yeah, that's where the pain is. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and see, that's the thing, Ginger. Not to be condemning or judgmental, but yeah. when we don't do things God's way, then it gets complicated. And it's, and yeah. so, twenty years of relationship, you know, living together. I'm sure there's some things that are that are very painful. So, you know, for for him to be a light and and for him to be a witness to her and um, and, you know, seek godly counsel from his count uh, from his um, pastor and Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and to wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, see what the Lord's going to do. So hopefully that helps. uh, Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. I appreciate that. And. uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Pastor Jeff. I, one quick question um, sure, that I'm struggling with. Uh, um, I have a daughter, 17 year old, and uh, she's been uh, since she's 
she's a child, I, you know, she's, uh, I've been taking her, um, teaching her the word and, you know, um, uh, some point she, um, she says she receives, she invites Jesus to her heart. Um, but I, you know, lately she kind of like acting like she is avoiding him and, uh, right. starting to not want it to go to church. And, uh, I struggle, mm-hmm. uh, in my heart with that, Pastor Jeff. And, yeah. um, my pastor told me as, as long as she lives in your house, she, she has to go with you, which that's yeah. my same, uh, thinking, Pastor Jeff. I, yeah, in, and Ginger, and you can't because, you know, you can say she's 17 she's almost going to be 18 and and you can and there's some that have that conviction of as long as you're underneath my house you are to honor mom and dad mm-hmm. and of course the bible mm-hmm. says they're to be obedient to mom and dad and you are going to go yeah. to church and I and mean, i think that's fine where i kind of come from too you don't want to forget is dealing with their heart Exactly. Um, they can they, they they can come and they'll fold their arms and um, sometimes they're digging their heels and it become even more hard. So you know you can do that and I I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Ginger. But that's that's what I'm struggling with. You know, yeah. like uh, I I right. really don't want her to be forced right and that's the thing right. that she always asks me are you forcing me you know like but she's right. not like reveals she's not rebellion and she ended up going you know i just say it in a in a nice tone well i'm sorry you're going you know or right yes you're yeah. going you know but i don't fight like you know it's it's a hard yeah, it's a difficult fight, Ginger. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a lot of parents, you're not alone. A lot of parents are going through it to where their kids, there's so many pulls on them. And yes. one of the things yes. that we're yes. seeing is it's not the standard for young people to want to go to church. And so, you know, just talk with her. And it's okay to say, listen, as long as you're here, I I want you to go to church. I don't want it to be a battle every week. I want you to come with yes. me. And then eventually you're going to have to make up your mind. Um, you're going to be on your own eventually, uh, but as long as you're here, this is what we do as a family. We go to church exactly. as a family. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Um, and we don't need to make it a, a big a battle every Sunday. And and to really talk to her about you know those things that are on your heart that uh, please don't get pulled into the world. Uh, because one of the things that the enemy wants to do is isolate our kids and that if he can get them to quit going to church, then probably they'll exactly. quit reading their Bibles and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. keep praying, mm-hmm. keep sharing with her, yes. keep, you know, talking about what's in her heart. And it's it's something that a lot of parents that are listening right now to our conversation are dealing with. And mm-hmm. um, and we need to keep praying for our kids and Sharing yes, with them yes, the love yes. of Jesus Christ. So yes, Pastor let me, Jeff. Yes. Yeah. Let me pray with you, Ginger. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. Father, I thank you for my sweet sister Colleen. And you know, life can get complicated. Life gets where we have all kinds of scenarios, and there's no easy answers to them. But Lord, we know that you are the answer, 
and your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would guide Ginger as she gives advice to family members concerning this relationship that went on for 20 years and they weren't married and now they're separated. One's a Christian and one isn't. That, uh, Lord, that you would redeem it in, in such a wonderful way that um, and give wisdom and that you give sensitivity and truth. And Lord, I pray for her daughter that is 17. There's so many pulls on our young people uh, to stop going to church, uh, to um, be drawn into the world. So many of us are dealing with that. And Lord, I just pray that you touch her heart, that you minister her in a powerful way. Lord, that you would um, draw her to yourself. And Lord, I just pray you give Ginger the wisdom to be able to minister to her daughter and the compassion, and, and Lord, to be able to to be also just sincere and honest that um, as long as you're in our house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, Lord, I just pray you, you would work on behalf of Ginger and her family in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. Thank God you, bless God. you, Ginger. Thanks uh-huh. for calling in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. 303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line. So grab one of those open lines. We're just getting started. Let's go to Jason in Baltimore. Yeah, Jason. Jason. <laughs> how Jason. are you, Jason? Jason? How are you? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's that talking about when it says having the mind of Christ? I think it's in Hebrews. Yeah, Paul talks about it quite a bit, not only in Hebrews. He talks about it in Philippians, actually, quite a bit. And he talks about, have this mind which is in Christ also. And he talks about that in chapter 2. And and I think this is kind of an easy way to understand it. He's talking (laughs) about, in Philippians chapter um, 2, it starts out the... Uh, before he goes into the chapter, that let your conduct be worthy of the gospel, um, uh-huh. and yeah. have have one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. And then he talks about humility, and and he says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself, and let each of you look out not only for his own interests but for the interests of mm-hmm. others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he gives an example of Jesus who humbled himself, became a man, became obedient to the cross, the death on the cross. Um, And so what he's saying is that was the mind of Christ, humility and and humbling himself. That mind needs to be in you. So Paul talks a whole lot in his epistles about renewing your mind. Uh, having the mind yeah. of Christ, and that comes through the Word of God. As we read yeah. the Word of God, we know um, the Word of God coming into our minds, being worked out in our hearts. There's a renewing that is there that takes yeah. place in our minds, and uh, we see it all over, even in uh, Romans uh, chapter 12, that we read that Paul, he talks about that, he says that, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, right? That you yeah, may prove yeah. what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he kind of answers it there, uh, Jason. Yeah. He's saying yeah. renewing your mind means yeah. you're going to know what is the what, good and perfect and acceptable will of God is in your yeah. life. And Soon and how do we know? The mind of Christ. What's that? Huh? When you first get saved, I mean... When you, I, I, well, you're gonna 
you're going to grow in that, and you're going to grow as you grow in the Word of God. And Hebrews, what you made reference to, uh, the writer of Hebrews begins to talk about how you need to grow thereof. He he, he uh-huh. writes in chapter six, um, "Let us go on to perfection," is what he says. He's talking to them about having a dullness of hearing that leads to spiritual immaturity. What you are to do is that you are to grow, um, that you may uh, solid food belongs to those who are full age, right? To those yeah. who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. And he says, let us move on to perfection. And the only way to do that, Jason, is to grow in the Word of God. There's no other shortcut in that. And, and yeah. some people think that they can grow in the Word of God um, by experiences, you know, or grow and having the mind of Christ through experiences and all that. It is the Word of God that comes into your mind and yeah. you're taking in the Word of God and washing yourself with the Word of God and renewing your mind with the Word of God. That's how we move on to perfection. And so that's very important for us to understand that, that we may discern what is the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And what church you go to? What's the name of your church? Calvary Chapel. Oh, they got one in Baltimore, too, Calvary Chapel. So uh, praise God. Right. Yeah, praise God. So, Rick, yeah. Rick, uh, pastor's called Rick Flannels. Seems yeah, pretty great. solid. Yep, yep, and um, yeah, that's that, good to hear. That other one? Where did Jesus go for three days? I was kind of puzzled. Three days after his death? Yeah. Well, it, it, what it talks about there... Was he kind of there, the enemy, or...? No, what he did was, uh, Paul writes about it in the book of Ephesians, and in the yeah. book of Ephesians, uh, as Paul is writing... He says, but um, therefore, he says, when he ascended, out, ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Uh, he gave yeah. gifts to men. Now this he ascended, but what does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the wow. earth? Um, yeah. And so what, what Paul is telling us is that Jesus, of course, he said to the thief on the cross, you'll be with me in paradise uh, before the sun has set. And when Jesus breathed his last, he would go to paradise, that that story told in Luke chapter 16, that Hades was divided up into two compartments. There was the unrighteous uh, dead um, uh, that was on one side, and then there was paradise, Abraham's bosom on the other side that Lazarus went to. And so Jesus went down into paradise, and he first descended to lower parts of the earth, before he ascended up into heaven. And so for that time, he went there to lead a captivity captive, and he would say, this is what you've been waiting for. You've been waiting for the Messiah to come and die for your sins once and for all, because the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament wasn't enough to yeah. take away sin. It only the covered sin yeah. until yeah, t- till the Lamb of God came. So that's the thinking in that. And then, of course, that chamber of Abraham's bosom has now emptied. And so now as a Christian, with our sins being forgiven, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, is what Paul writes in Second Corinthians chapter 5. So when we take our last breath, we go immediately to be with the Lord in heaven. Yeah. Does that okay, help? Well, yeah, well, thank you for your time. What's your name? My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado. Okay, Jeff, I'll, 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 I'll pray for you. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, have a nice day. I mean, thank you. Thank you for okay. calling. All okay, right. Thank you, Jason. Everything. You bet. Thanks, Jason. Always good to hear from you guys out there on the East Coast on Hope FM. Love to hear more from you guys. Uh, give me a call at 303-690-3000. Also on Truth FM on the East Coast, you guys are a week delayed, uh, but you can call in at this time and you can be a part of the conversation, ask your questions, prayer requests. All lines are open right now. One of the things that I would encourage you, because we have some that are listening online as well, that those of you with your smartphones, that um, the, the be sure to, um, if you're listening on the radio right now, Download that app on your smartphones because uh, it is a wonderful way for you. Is it now? It is springtime, and the weather's going to be getting warmer. It's going to be getting, uh, you know, those long days where we can go and uh, we can uh, just be able to um, be able to take walks and stuff. You may be listening, and you can pull up the Grace FM app, and that's a very easy way for you to listen while you're making meals in the kitchen or snack for the kids or, you know, as you're out and about and you're able to to listen to Calvary Live, be able to call in. So I encourage you, uh, download that app on your smartphones, your iPads. Um, I know that many are listening as they're in their cars going uh, home from work or from school right now at this time, maybe taking kids to soccer practice or to softball practice, whatever the case may be. But we'd love to hear from you. Give me a call at 303-690-3000 and would love to be able to, again, encourage you in the Word of God the best I know how and to bless you in any way I can, take you to the Word of God. Uh, Before we go to break, let's go to uh, um, Karina in Denver. Did I say that right? Yes, that's correct. How are you today? You're on Calvary Live. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. So my question today is, um, I am curious how God feels or how what the Bible says about plastic surgery. Um, like people who have a hard time losing weight and they want to do, mm. you know, some sort of body sculpting or, or plastic surgery. Yeah, and that's something that you really have to take to the Lord. The Bible doesn't talk a whole lot about it. The Bible does talk about our bodies being the temple of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, as the temple of God, uh, spiritually to to honor that and, and being pure spiritually, not to be involved in any kind of sexual sin or anything like that. Uh, but other than that, there's not a whole lot that is said about our bodies. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy that um, the exercise of the body profits little. Now, he doesn't say there's no profit, but he says that profits little. And I think the emphasis is on the spiritual aspect. You know, we're to take care of our our bodies. You know, for me, I'm getting older, and I want to take care of my body as much as I can. But Mm -hmm. for you, you know, for anybody, whether you're talking about plastic surgery or getting a tattoo or whatever the case may be, if you're into bodybuilding and stuff, that's really between you and the Lord and um, and to go to Him and to be able to pray about it and to be able to seek Him about it. To, and He'll give you a peace about it if that's something that you're to do. Do you think it falls under vanity? Well, for some it may be. Um, for some it may be the emphasis in their life is just 
you know, uh, to do that, um, to, 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 to do those kinds of things. For some, it's like they really struggle with certain things, losing weight or whatever it may be. Yeah. And that's an mm-hmm. option for them. So to be able to talk to your doctor about it, make a sound decision. And um, again, the Lord will give you a peace. But what I'm sensing from you is that you want to honor the Lord and yeah. you don't want it to be vanity. And I think no. that the Lord knows your heart. He knows your heart. And he's going to give you a peace that passes understanding. And um, and he, he'll do that for you. Okay? Thank you very much for your time, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you, Karina. I'll be <laughs> praying you. for you. Thank you All very right. much. I appreciate well, that. You bet. We'll okay. be right back after the break. Stay tuned to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figgs. I'm the senior pastor at Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado with you today and uh, ready to take your phone calls uh, as you call in and asking questions concerning the Bible or Perhaps you have a prayer request. Love to talk to you. We have some open lines, and so give me a call at 303-690-3000. Let me give you that text line again. Text in a question as if we have time is in the second half of this program. We'll certainly go over those text questions. That text line is for texting only, 720-336-0897. Again, uh, we were talking a little bit. A question came in about when is Easter determined, and we're coming up on Resurrection Weekend, Easter Weekend. Next week is Holy Week, and I just want to once again encourage all of you to invite somebody out to church, uh, to your church that you're going to, um, and pray about who you might invite. I know I've done that with our congregation to invite somebody out to be able to come and hear the good news that Jesus is alive. And uh, and we as Christians, I think I heard a uh, survey uh, that Greg Laurie was uh, one of his teachings that says that 80% of Christians have never invited somebody to church. And I, I think it's sad. And, and there's a lot of things that we do uh, to let people know that we're here. Uh, we use media. We use radio. We, we use different things of letting people know where our church is. But I'll tell you what, the best way is for you to develop relationships with others and to invite people personally. I, I think um, that we as Christians uh, ought to be sensitive to the leading of the Lord, and especially when it comes to this time of the year uh, on Easter. And sometimes Christians can kind of have the attitude of, well, they only come on Easter, or, or you know, those Christians that come on Easter and Christmas, hey, let them come. Let them come, and let's, let's give them the gospel. Let's give them uh, the good news that Jesus is alive, and perhaps uh, they'll be touched. They'll come to the Lord. Uh, we want to be able to minister to them in that way and be sensitive to the leading of the Lord. So invite people out to your church um, as you celebrate Resurrection Weekend, and it's a message that we want to get across to everyone. Uh, here at Calvary Chapel, we got a Good Friday service coming up next week on the 30th at noon, and then we're going to have Resurrection Weekend the 31st at 6 o'clock. 
in the evening and then three Sunday morning at 8, 9.30 and 11 o'clock. So I am personally inviting you, if you are tuned in and you don't have a home church, uh, we'd love to see you come celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ with us. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Kaylee in Johnstown. Kaylee? Kaylee? You're on Calvary Live. Okay, Kaylee, we're, we haven't connected. Um, um, she wanted advice and prayer. Kaylee, I'd love to talk to you uh, about uh, what you want prayer for in ministry. Uh, so uh, give me a call back. We'll try to connect once again, and uh, let's talk about that. I think a very important prayer request, and, uh, and I'd love to just be able to encourage you in any way that I can. Well, we do have open lines, so I'd love to be able to to talk with you about the things of the Lord and uh, to be able to encourage you in any way that I can, take you to the Word of God. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's go to a text question. A question came in, um, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it here because um, so we can kind of get to the gist of the question. Um, I was taught recently that a man cannot rebuke the devil. Michael was a was told uh, he had to um, was told had to say, "Lord, rebuke you." My problem is we have His Spirit in us, and if we ask in His name, it will be given. If Satan is an angel, as well as I equate him to demons, and I know us believers can ask God to clean house, and He will. Can you help me with this? The best that I can tell you is in that book of uh, Jude, right before the book of Revelation, that when it tells us there that that he dare not bring a reviling accusation, Michael the archangel, against Satan, um, that what it's talking about, that uh, it was uh, Michael that would say, the Lord rebuke you. We need to do everything in the authority of the Lord, and I think that's the key uh, for you to remember. Sometimes I'll, I'll hear uh, people, even like a TV evangelists on TV, and they're going, you devil, you know, I'll get you and I'll grab you. And, you know, and I don't think the devil's too concerned about me, you know, in my own strength and my own authority doing that. But it is, um, you know, the Lord rebuke you, the authority of the Lord. And as James would say, that as we um, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's all under the umbrella of the Lord. It's under him and um, and the authority of the Lord. And I think that's the key for you. So hopefully that helps you out. Thanks for texting that in. Again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to David in East Denver. David? Yes, sir. How are you today? Good, good. I was good. calling in. Uh, I have a prayer request for myself. I know it, the devil puts things in my head, and then I react on them. But, and I know God. I know he, he he's in my heart, and he takes care of everything. But it's things that I, I guess God's trying to give me patience. and But I think that I still got to try to take care of things on my own and and I know that I must wait on God above and it's right. and and I don't want it to I'm afraid it's just pushing my wife further away I know it is and I know you still there David very much and I know 
I know God will answer the prayers, and I know I need, you know, I want yeah. nothing but our life together, and I, I really do believe in God above, and I know He's with right. us in our marriage. It's just I need to, you know, the prayers of the, the silly stuff that, you know, I, I react on and I shouldn't. Right. And here's the thing, David, and that's why it's so important that we be, you know, um, grounded in the Word of God, growing in the Word of God, because here's where Satan does. He's the accuser of the brethren. Revelation chapter 12 says that accuses us day and night. And where the battle really is is in the mind, just like you said. He'll put things in your mind. He's the father of lies. He deceives. Uh, He's the master counterfeiter. He's going to do everything that he can to get a foothold into your marriage, to to tear it apart. And he likes to use anger. He likes to use jealousy. He likes to use, um, you know, insecurity, all these things that he does. And so um, what you're to do is it goes back to what we had a question in the first half of the show uh, that, that Jason was asking about having the mind of Christ and to know the Word of God and to stand on the promises of God and to put on the full armor of God is what you're to do, David. And and as you do, you're going to withstand the wiles of the devil, the, the fiery darts that he throws at you. So Ephesians chapter 6 talks about you know the whole armor of God. And listen, David, he's going to come at you, and he's going to keep trying to mess with your head, trying to deceive you, coming against you in every way, put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, um, and you are to know the Word of God and have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And when those things come into your mind that you know are lies, then you can say that, that Lord, I know that they're lies. This is what God's Word has to say and you stand on God's word and you stand on his righteousness. And then you ask the Lord to help you with, you know, the things that you feel, those little things that will bring any kind of jealousy, any kind of anger, any kind of insecurities. And um, and to ask the Lord to help you that I, I don't want to be angry. I want to put on gentleness, even as Paul writes in the book of Ephesians and also in the book of Colossians. I don't want to be full of jealousies because jealousies just they they do so much damage to you know a relationship. But not to be jealous, but I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be honest, um, kindness. Um, you know, go through First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Love is patient, it is kind, uh, doesn't keep a record of wrong, um, does not rejoice in iniquity, go through all those things, and then just continue to grow in the Word of God. Yes, and all three of those things, the anger, yes, I have that, and you know, I know I need to get rid of that, and the jealousy, the, right. all of them, is, it's I guess a foothold that he's got on me, and I know I it's need to foot- get rid of it, and I need. Yeah, and he's going to provoke. He's going to provoke you in those areas. So, you know, you yeah. you go to the Lord. You know, Ephesians five says, "Be angry, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil." And that's very important because we can get angry, and all of a sudden we give place to the devil. 
and we're not to sin. Uh, we're not to put on anger. We're to put on gentleness. So read those chapters in Ephesians chapter 4, going into chapter 5. Yeah, the end of chapter 4 talks about putting on the new man, and then as you go into chapter 5, you know, the walk in the light, walk in um, his love and light and walk in wisdom. So read those chapters, but, you know, it, you get good instruction there, how it is that you treat your wife, no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, um, but to forgive one another, be tenderhearted towards one another, and ask God to help you with those things, and he will. And and that go to prayer and let the Lord do that work in you, but don't give place for the devil, okay? Don't yes. let the sun go down on your wrath. All right, David? Yes, sir, and I've done that, and I'm... I know I just need to pray. You need to pray, and you need to ask God for help. Why don't I pray for you right now? Yes, sir. Father, I pray for David as I hear the sound of a young child. What a blessing it is. And, Lord, I hope uh, that, you know, David would be encouraged that you want to work in his life, that you want to take the anger and the wrath and those things that are unlike you that we're told to put off, to put on uh, kindness and gentleness and self-control, and uh, love, uh, w- which is the bond of perfection. And Lord, do that work in his life. Help David to trust in you and to turn to you and not to let uh, the sun go down on his wrath, nor sin or give place to the enemy. But Lord, to be renewed in his mind by you. Do that work as he puts on the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6. And Lord, just work in his marriage um, work in his life, help him to be the husband, the father that you've called him to be in every way. And we'll pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, sir. You bet, David. God bless you. God bless you, and thank you for everything. You bet. You have a great day. And you too. Mm. It blesses me when I hear the sound of a child. Uh, what a blessing. Let's go to Kylie in Johnstown. Kylie? Are you there with me? I thought maybe you were back. They said you were back. Line one? Okay. We're going to get a hold of you. Keep trying, okay? We'll get back. She dropped again. Kylie, if you can, call back. I'd love to minister to you because I like your question and what you're you're praying for. And um, we're going to go to Karen in Baltimore. Karen? Yes, hi, how are you? Good, Karen, how are you doing? Oh, good, good. Um, I was calling uh, because I was listening to a gentleman talking about the uh, faith prosperity movement. And my Uh question is, when we're praying for somebody, say, who has cancer, what would be an appropriate prayer that doesn't capture that prosperity movement. You know, one does of the things, sense? Karen, yeah, it does make sense because... I know it's about his will, so... Right, exactly. When I pray for somebody for healing, you know what I pray for? Lord, heal them. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with going to the Lord and asking for healing, and I've done that uh, hundreds of times for people that may have cancer, the sickness, whatever affliction that they have. Lord, bring healing to them, heal their body, we ask this, but it is according to God's will, and and that's what we need to remember. And I think when we think that we can manipulate God, 
um, you know, by naming and claiming and all of this, and you got to have enough faith. Well, Jesus said that uh, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains, right? Right. So absolutely. how much I I ask people that say that you got to have enough faith. Well, how much faith do you have to have? Um, right. You, you, you know, you have without faith, you cannot please God, but faith as small as a mustard seed. And that brings me comfort because I know sometimes my faith falters. Um, you remember that story when Jesus in, uh, it's in Mark's gospel, I believe, um, and one of the other synoptic gospels, when Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and there was this boy that was demonized, he was throwing himself in the fire. And right. we, the father makes a beeline to Jesus and says, please help me. My son's vexed with the demon and your disciples couldn't cast out the demon. And so Jesus asked them, you know, do you believe? And he says, I believe, but there's unbelief. And in the honesty of his, in the honesty of his heart, he says, I believe, but right now my, my faith is a little weak. And that's all Jesus wanted. That's all Jesus wanted in the honesty of his heart to say, I believe, but there's unbelief there. And Jesus said, only believe. And I believe that God can heal somebody, but I also know that, Lord, I commit this person to you, and I'm going to trust that you're going to do the very best because it may be God's will to take them home. Um, right. And they're going, to, they're going to be healed. So I have talked to many people who have been devastated um, by thinking, why well, I didn't have enough faith, or there was sin in my life, and um, it was God's will to take them home. And we don't fully understand it, but, you know, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And, um, and it can be difficult, but we can pray for healing. We can ask God to heal that person. And I've prayed for people, and God healed them over time. I've prayed for people, and the Lord took them home. And I just right. trust, you know, that God is doing what he wants to. Now, here's the other thing, Karen, that there are some people that think, well, if God's going to do what he wants to do, is there any reason to pray? Yes, there is, because he tells us to pray. Uh, right. He gives us the imperative to pray and to ask, please ask that your joy may be full. So prayer is very important. Uh, prayer is the vehicle in which God works. And, and he answers prayers. But when he answers prayer, sometimes he says no. Right. Um, and sometimes he says yes. And I think the the mature prayer and the prayer of faith is, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, just as you said, Karen. And i got to leave it there. Right. Thank uh, you very the, much. The, I wanted to understand that fine line. Yes. Yeah, it, you know, the... the Here's the thing, the, the work of healing is really a mystery to me. Um, why God heals sometimes and other times he doesn't. But I, I do know this, Karen, that when we get to heaven, Revelation chapter 19 tells us that righteous and true are your judgments, Lord. Righteous right. and true are your decisions. And one day we're all going to be together, and we're going to be saying that together, that righteous and true are your decisions, Lord, are your judgments. Right on. You judge perfectly. You did perfectly. It's all according to your eternal plan, and I trust the Lord in that. But we can pray for healing and uh, and then trust the Lord to do what he wants to do. Right. 
that help, Karen? Oh, yeah, that's that's perfect, because I come from the background where uh, some of the these healing-type ministries, it was something like that where, well, okay, this thing, you know, where people get into prophesying, and then they'll say, oh, well, that didn't happen because you didn't have enough faith. Right. And then, <clears throat> you know, and I would say, well, if that person was truly a prophet and truly able to say this, then you wouldn't, it's something, if the Lord ordained it, then it will come to pass, if it's not some type of, you know, but then it would be, oh, you don't have faith for this and faith for that. And I'm like, I don't see where it's written quite like that. So that's why I wanted to understand that fine line just to, uh, so, well, thank yeah. you very you know, much for it, the clarification. And, Karen, and, and here's where I think, I, I, I think that, you know, because I've, I've heard that and, um, and I've heard it on, you know, even some of the prosperity teachers on Christian TV or some, I can't think of anything more cruel to say to somebody that you aren't healed because you didn't have enough faith. Yeah. Or, I mean, I've seen it and yeah, it's, it's devastating to it, people to hear that. It's, yeah. It's devastating. And, um, and that's where I go back. How much faith do you have to have? And right. I'm so thankful for the compassion of our Lord, even as Hebrews chapter 4 says, that we can come to the throne of grace in time of need to receive grace and mercy. And I need grace and mercy every day. And there are those times where I believe, but Lord, my faith is a little weak, and my faith is uh, faltering, and Lord, help me. And And he's there to help us. But to tell somebody where God didn't work for you and didn't heal you because you didn't have enough faith, I, I ask them, how much faith do you have to have? And, right. Plus, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's cruel. It's insensitive to say to somebody. and um, Or there was sin in your life. And I've had people say, <laughs> well, there is some, some dark, deep, secret sin in my heart that God hasn't revealed yet. And uh, just it, it just throws people off. So... Um, you know, just right. pray for people, trust the Lord, encourage them that the Lord loves you. You're in his hand. He's got a wonderful plan for you and just keep praying and, and we can trust in what the Lord's going to do with your life. Right. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate you calling. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you too. All right. We do have some time. We got open lines, but we're going to go to the text uh, messages and like we said, whenever we got time for text questions, uh, a question came in about um, how do we thank others without boasting their ego, which draws them uh, to take pride in themselves. Uh, that's kind of a good statement and a good question to ask because sometimes people will say um, that you know, Pastor Jeff, I enjoyed the teaching, or you know, I love listening to you on the radio. And I think a, a simple answer for us receiving that is don't, you know, always believe the press clippings, you know, about yourself. Um, I, I think that we can be thankful. We're to encourage others. We can show appreciation. Um, but we don't want to just lift them up and putting them on a pedestal that you're so wonderful, you're the greatest and all of this. I think just the choice of words uh, that we give to others, because I like to you know, encourage others to be thankful to others for their ministry, for the blessing that they are. Um, I think it's good to show that appreciation. But, you know, where I think people can tend to get uh, very prideful is 
when we begin to really just boast about them and you're the greatest and there's no one better and you know how that is and uh, and you're the best thing since sliced bread. And then for anybody who does that to us, uh, we need to be careful. The Bible has a lot to say about pride. Pride's such a terrible sin. And I think that almost daily that we need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, is there any pride in me, any arrogance in me? Because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall, as Proverbs says, and we don't want to become prideful. It is the sin that caused Lucifer to fall and become Satan. So uh, just be careful and know that um, the Lord is the one that we're to lift up um, and the Lord is the one that we are to exalt. But we can show appreciation for people. Um, another text question that has come in as we're going to try to get through some of these is that the Gospels describe ser- several incidents after the resurrection where followers of Jesus did not recognize him, at least not immediately, any perspective. And does the Bible in any way explain this? I think that's a good question and a good observation as you look at the Scriptures um, that sometimes as Jesus like, for example, the two men on the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognize him until later at the very end uh, after he had given that explanation to them walking on the road to Emmaus, um, you know, um, beginning in the scriptures talking about how the Christ was to come and suffer and die and, and rise from the grave. Uh, we know that Mary, on that resurrection morning, that she supposed that Jesus was the gardener at first, and then he spoke, and she recognized his voice. Uh, so um, there, there's those things, and and uh, it seems like as Jesus um, came, that again the disciples in that room at first they didn't recognize him, and and Jesus said, you know, put look at my my scars, the the wound in my side, um, I'm body and flesh, it's me. It just kind of shows us that Jesus' resurrection, at times he was recognized, at other times he wasn't recognized. And um, I don't have a full explanation for that, uh, but the Lord, um, you know, at those times people were able to recognize him, other times they weren't. And is that going to be the case when we get our resurrected bodies? The Bible seems to indicate that we will know each other when we get to heaven, um, but for whatever reason, we don't know exactly why he was recognizable at times and at other times he wasn't. Um, so uh, good observation that was there uh, that uh, you were able to look at. Well, we're getting towards the end of uh, the program. I want to thank you for calling in. I want to thank you for being a part of Calvary Live. It's such a wonderful program as we answer questions and we're able to pray with you. And again, I want to encourage you as as we have entered into spring. Spring is a new season of life and growth. That's my prayer that this program here would provide that for you, to just be able to grow in the Word of God, in the things of God, that it bring life to you, um, to renew your mind. That seems to be a theme that was today. Uh, Take in the Word of God. I can't emphasize enough, be in the Word, be in the Word, be in the Word, and keep continuing to take in the Word to become a full age and and move towards perfection. It doesn't mean that we will be perfect in our lives, but what it means that we are to grow. And listen, to everyone who's out there um, listening to this program, you know that uh, the person who is not 
grounded in the Word of God is going to get deceived. And there's a lot of deception out there. There's a lot of uh, counterfeits that are out there. There's a lot of things that uh, will really begin um, to deceive us. So be grounded in the Word of God. I pray that this show does that, that your uh, radio station, whether it's Truth FM, Hope FM, here on Grace FM, keep listening, supporting those stations. It is so important um, that uh, that these Christian stations are on the air. Well, let's end with prayer. And uh, the program is, Father, I do thank you for today. I thank you for um, the calls that have come in. I thank you for the questions that came in uh, online. And I just pray that you'd bless everyone listening as we go to our evening schedules and activities. We do pray that uh, as we enter closer to Resurrection Weekend, that all of us would be uh, led by you to invite somebody to come and hear the good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins, he rose from the grave, that he's alive, and that, that you would do a mighty work in bringing people to salvation, to bringing people to the living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that we as Christians, it wouldn't just stop at Resurrection Weekend, but being sensitive to minister to others, to to share the truth of God's Word with them, the love of Jesus Christ, to be able to invite them to, to a service afterwards, to follow up, help us be salt and light in our communities, in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in our workplace. So Lord, we thank you that you desire to use us in, in such a wonderful way and for such a time as this in these days. In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you everyone for being a part of the show today. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.